Every sin has a beginning, a step. When you think of those times in your life where you've messed up, it all started with a step in the wrong direction. When I think of the times when I've messed up in life, it all started with a step in the wrong direction. Now, sometimes it's a literal step, a literal step towards someone or something. At other times, it's a figurative step where you make a phone call or you try something for the first time or you pick something up, and, but it's a step nonetheless. And here's what I've noticed. That first step often takes us to places we never intended to go. That first step often takes us to places we weren't planning on. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus told the story of a young man who learned that lesson the hard way, the power of a step. Would you open God's word with me to Luke chapter 15? Last week I started this series through the the story of the prodigal son in the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. Let me kind of reset the stage for you in case you weren't here last Sunday. Beginning of verses 1 and 2, it says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And what, what I told you last week is it's interesting in the first verse, or the first two verses, we've got two different groups here. One group very interested in what Jesus has to say. Verse 1 calls them the tax collectors and sinners. Very intrigued by Jesus. Very interested in what Jesus had to say. The tax collectors and sinners. And I told you last week what Andy Stanley said. People who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. Tax collectors and sinners were very interested. They were very intrigued by the message they were hearing. But there was another group there. Verse 2 calls them the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, as they looked around at who was listening to Jesus, here's what they did. They muttered, the Bible says, verse 2, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. These religious people viewed the sinners around them with contempt. They looked down on them. They assumed that God looked down on them too. And in response to these self-righteous hypocrites, Jesus told a story about God's forgiving love of sinners. Remember what we said in verse 3 last, what we read in verse 3 last week? Very short verse. Then Jesus told them, them being the self-righteous Pharisees, then Jesus told them this parable. In other words, Jesus intentionally told a story to contrast the love of God with the hard-heartedness of the Pharisees. It's a story of a young man who felt like he was missing out by staying where he was. It's a story of a young man who wondered what was down the road. It's the story of a young man who thought maybe a journey in that direction would lead him to happiness. And so the day came when he deliberately took that step. The day came when he deliberately walked away from his family and the love of his father in pursuit of worldly pleasures. We call that man the prodigal son. Now, do you remember what the word prodigal means? We, wasteful. We think of it usually in terms of rebellious. We think of it in terms of wayward, but that's really not what the word means at all. The word means wasteful. And sometimes it can be translated extravagantly wasteful. 
And that's what we see beginning in verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the young son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Now, we've dealt with verses 11 and 12 last week, so I want to focus beginning today on verse 13. Now, there's, there's two words I want you to mark in your Bible. If you mark your Bible, there's two words I want you to highlight or underline. It's the little phrase, set off. Verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country. That's the step that changed everything for this young man. That's the step he would later regret. That's the step that would cost him greatly. That's the step that would take him to a place he never intended to go. It's interesting that the day that he set off for that distant place, the day that he set off on that journey, he probably had a bounce in his step and a smile on his face. The day he left, he probably was thinking about all the fun that was ahead of him. You see, he had already made that journey in his heart and in his head probably many times. And now, he was actually going there. You know what I found, ladies and gentlemen, see if you, if you don't believe this is also true. I have found generally, we don't go looking for trouble, we go looking for happiness. That's what we're looking for. We're not looking for trouble, we're not looking to ruin our lives, we're not looking to mess up our families, we're not out looking for trouble, we're looking for happiness. And when your quest for happiness points you in one direction, and God and wisdom and common sense point you in another direction, that's when you're faced with a critical decision. That's when sometimes really smart people do really dumb things. Because of their quest for happiness, all of a sudden they can turn and set off, take that step and set off on this journey away from where they are. And really smart people, and sometimes people we would think, I thought that was a godly man. I thought that was a godly woman. And all of a sudden, they make a decision because they're on a quest for happiness. They make a decision to go to the distant country. Mark this down. It's not a, a major point in my message, but it's something you need to remember. Every sin has a beginning, a first step. Every sin does. And here's the problem. On the front end, sin always looks enticing and fun and satisfying and pleasurable. On the front end, before we ever take that step, before we ever set off for the distant country, on the front end, it all looks great. It all looks wonderful. But the reality is that the decisions and experiences that might fill me with happiness today may very well fill me with regret tomorrow. Did you hear that? The reality is the things that I think are going to fill me with happiness today may very well fill me with regret tomorrow. And that's the story of the prodigal son. You see, we're always making trades in life. We're trading something that we have now for something that we want. The prodigal son was willing to make that trade, wasn't he? 
What he had now was a wonderful home. What he had now was a wonderful relationship with his father. What he had now was all of his needs were met. What he had now was a stable life, a stable environment, a loving family. But he traded what he had now for something that he wanted. And we all do that. We trade what we have now for something that we want. This young man traded the love and comfort of home, love and comfort of family, for the pleasures that awaited him in the far country. That's what it means when it says in verse 13, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, and he set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Pretty graphic description of his pursuit of pleasure. He squandered his wealth in wild living. Can I remind you that he left that day, when he left home, he took one-third of his father's lifetime savings with him. The, the father, remember I told you last week, the father, when he divided up his estate, would have given the older son a double portion, then the younger son got the remainder. So he squandered, in essence, a third of his father's lifetime savings. And if you wonder, well, what did he do with all that money? Jesus actually tells us through the mouth of the older brother in verse 30. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. Pretty graphic detail of what he was doing. Basically, here's the idea. Everybody listen over in the Life Center. I want you to hear this. Here's the idea for this man. He's going to the distant country doing anything that he wants, anytime that he wants, anywhere that he wants because he's convinced that's the path to happiness. And so if there's something or someone or some experience that he wanted, he went for it. There were no boundaries. Phillips in his translation says, he squandered his wealth in wild and disorderly living without a thought for tomorrow. He didn't need to worry about tomorrow. He was going to enjoy today, and he had lots of money to do that with. And so based on that, just kind of setting the stage there, I want to make two points today that I hope you'll remember. And here's the first one. God gives us the freedom to choose our sin. That may sound strange to you that God would allow us to do that. But it's absolutely biblical. God gives us the freedom to choose our sin. In the story of the prodigal son, the father, which represents our heavenly father, the father allowed his son to walk away knowing it was not in his best interest to do so. In the story of the prodigal son, the father allowed his son to walk down a road knowing there was nothing good in the distant country waiting for him. In the story of the prodigal son, the father allowed the son to choose his path. And God does that for you, and he does that for me. And every parent knows what that's like. You tell your kids that they have a good head on, your shoulder, on their shoulders, and you just wish they would use it sometimes, right? You, but you try to instruct them because you know. You know that you have and that they have this tendency maybe to make the wrong choices. You know that you have and that they have that, the tendency to maybe walk down the wrong path. And that's why you try to teach your kids so hard the difference between right and wrong because there's going to come a day when they'll no longer be under your influence. There's going to come a day when they will no longer be under your roof and they will decide for themselves what path they will walk. They will decide for themselves what's right and what's wrong. 
That's a scary thing to understand that every parent has to allow their child eventually to make their own decisions. And God does that too. Your heavenly father allows you to choose your own path. And sometimes your heavenly father allows you to choose your own sin. If you doubt that, you just need to read your Bible again and look at David or look at Samson. God allowed these men to choose their sin. And it cost them greatly. Yesterday, I was driving back from North Carolina. And um, as I was driving back from North Carolina, I was, getting, I was coming through Chesney on 221. And, and I was heading to 85. I was going to turn right and go 85 south. And, and I noticed I'd just be bopping along down the road. I, you know, it was snowing a little bit. And I, I was just enjoying the drive. And, and, and I noticed that uh, I went by it. There was a sign that said, 85 South Detour, and it pointed to the left. And I put my brakes on, slowed down a little bit, and I thought, 85 South Detour? Why is there a detour? And I looked down the road, down the detour road, and it looked like an old country road, and I'm thinking, where in the world is that going to go? How far out of the way is that? I'm only a mile away from the ramp. I don't need that detour road. And so I just kept on going. And, and I was pretty proud of myself because I, I drove that mile. There was nothing wrong with the road. I had no problem at all. And I thought, I don't know why they've got this detour. And as I started to turn on the 85 South ramp to get on 85, then I noticed the ramp was closed. It reminded me of the guy who drove around a road closed detour sign. You may have heard this story. He, he did, I bet some of you men have done this. There was a big sign that said, road closed, detour. And he saw the sign, and he looked around the sign, and he looked down the road. The road didn't look closed, so he went on down the road. Several miles down the road, he found out the bridge was out. So he had to turn around, drive back the way he came. When he got to the detour sign, somebody had spray-painted on the back of the, of the detour sign, Welcome back, stupid. <laughs> I thought of that yesterday when I went past that detour sign. I was like, okay. You know, sometimes we're like that. We think we got it figured out. We think we're the exception. We think the detour sign is for everybody else. But we're going to make it through okay. And God says, welcome back, stupid. I tried to tell you. I tried to warn you. Listen to me. God can put the sign up on the post. But you have to choose which path you'll take. God tells us what's right and he tells us what's wrong in his word. And then he gives us the freedom to choose our path. And sometimes that freedom is the freedom to choose our sin. In the story of the prodigal son, we see that he had exactly that. He had the freedom to choose his sin. But, but listen to this, you are free to choose your sin, but make sure you hear this, you are not free to choose the consequences of your sin. Nobody would ever walk down the road of sin if they knew what was at the end of the journey. But it's not the end of the journey they're, that they're worried about, it's, it's their destination that, that has them on this road. It's this destination that, that makes it look appealing, but they don't understand the end of the journey sometimes is a dead end. So Jesus tells this story of this young man, and he wastes no time in explaining the consequences of this 
prodigal's decision. Look at verse 14 and 15. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in, in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Question. Was the world's pleasure everything he thought it would be? No. Not even close. Did you notice the downward progression in these verses? It's easy to recognize because if you look for the word he, the Lord Jesus refers to this man four times with the word he. It says that he spent everything that he had while living. He began to be in need. He went and got a job feeding the pigs, which would be the lowest of the low for the most humiliating thing a Jew could ever do. And then it says, he had nothing to eat. But he was feeding the pigs food, and he didn't have any, and he would have gladly eaten what they were eating. And it's interesting to find out that the pigs were actually eating better than he was. It's interesting to find out that the people were concerned about the pigs getting their food, but nobody seemed concerned about his need. And God lets us walk to the pig pen. God lets us choose the pig pen. And over the years as a pastor here and in North Carolina, I have watched people exercise their freedom to choose their own sin. Sometimes it can be devastating and heartbreaking. Second thing I want you to note as we look at this text is, is this second lesson. Sin never ends well. Sin never ends well. You see, sin is indeed a dead-end road, and the final destination is a stinking mud pit that the Bible here calls a pig pen. Someone said that sin has a diminishing factor to it. It, it always gives its best at the beginning, and, and it never gets better after that. It only gets worse. You understand in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25, that the Bible refers to the, the, the possibility of enjoying, and here's how it describes it, enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. That there is a brief window of time. There is a moment in time where the pleasures of sin are real. But the Bible calls it the passing pleasures of sin. There was a moment of time for this prodigal where uh, that window of pleasure was very real. And he used every cent that he had on the pleasures of sin. But sin is always a passing pleasure. You see, what the world has to offer always runs out eventually. And what you're left with are the consequences of your decisions. If you wander from the Lord, don't be surprised if you end up with consequences you never would have chosen. If you wander away from your faith, don't be surprised if all of a sudden one day you ask yourself, how did I end up here? Why am I so unhappy? Why is my life such a mess? Why is my marriage about to end? Why is my family in such turmoil? And many times, you can answer those questions 
If I turn you to Scripture, because God gives us this answer in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So does a woman, or college student, or teenager, or child. Everybody look here in the Life Center. I want you to look at me for a moment. That's why the steps we take are so important. You see, the steps you take are not isolated incidences. The steps you take are determining your direction. And direction always determines destination. The man didn't happen by, you know, just, he didn't just wander down to the pig pen. He was walking in that direction. He didn't just wander away from his family. He was walking in that direction. These are not isolated decisions. They're steps. Steps that lead somewhere. And sometimes they lead to places we never intended to go. Sometimes our steps lead to places we never would have chosen. I love Proverbs 14, 12. I can tell you the first time I remember this verse... I'm sure I heard it prior to this, but the first time I remember Proverbs 14, 12 was as a college student at Carson Newman College. I was sitting in the field house. This is how vivid the memory is to me. I was sitting in the gym, or the, they called it the field house, and I was listening to an African-American preach chapel to us. And, and he was a sports figure, and a very good speaker, very good speaker. And I remember to this day him speaking about one verse, Proverbs 14, 12. That simply says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And I sat there as a 20, 21-year-old college student, and I thought about how real that verse is. There is a way that seems right. It just feels right. It seems like that's the path to happiness. And that's why this prodigal son walked down that road away from his family. There is a way that seems right. But in the end, it leads to death. Warren Wiersbe said that this young man is a picture of what sin does in the lives of those who reject the father. He said, sin promises freedom, but it brings slavery. It promises success, but it brings failure. It promises life, but it brings death. It promises happiness but it brings problems. You know, if if the prodigal son could talk to you and I today, I think he'd give us probably this warning. He'd probably say to all of us, listen, take it from me, you need to be careful because you may get what you wanted and lose what you had. You may get what you wanted and lose what you had. you ever seen these Southwest Airline commercials? I really like them. It shows somebody doing, doing something kind of dumb, and, and, and then the tagline is, do you want to get away? you ever seen those? There was one I saw recently where there's a military kind of a base, and the general walks into this command center. General, general, we need your password. There, there's been a breach in our security system. You know, the missiles are about to launch. We need your password. And he's trying to put it off. Said, uh, uh, you, you need my password? Yeah, general, we've got to have your password. And he reluctantly says, okay, here's my password. M-Y-J-O-B. No, that's not what he said. That was not the password. Password was 
I-H-A-T-E-M-Y-J-O-B. And then the tagline is, ever want to get away? Have you ever had those times where it's like, man, I wish I could redo that? Or, man, I wish I could undo that? Have you ever had those times? Am I the only one? I had one of those recently. We had a, I think it was just last week, we, we had an Israel recap meeting. All the people that went to Israel uh, and some, some guests came back and we had dinner, a wonderful uh, rib dinner, and it was just a great time. And while we were in Israel, Shirley Young said, when we get back and we have that recap meeting, I'm going to cook a plate of bacon. You can't get that in Israel, and she was just wanting it. And so, and so sure enough, everybody was bringing in food, and, and she had this big plate, and it, had, it was covered in tinfoil. I didn't know what it was, and I'd forgotten what she had said, and it had meat candy written on it. I thought, meat candy? What is meat candy? And I opened it up, and it was bacon. I got excited. I love bacon, and it was a pile of bacon. And I got a little too excited. I picked it up, and I turned to everybody and said, Hey, guys, look what Shirley brought. And when I went like that, about a third of the bacon ended up on the floor. I was glad it was only a third. But, but I thought about, ever want to get away? <laughs> I literally walked into the kitchen while everybody else was out there picking up the bacon I threw on the floor. I walked into the kitchen and I said to myself, you're an idiot. And I just wanted, and, and, and even days after that, I thought about that. It's like, I just wish I could go back and redo that. If I could go back and redo it, I would never have touched the plate. God gives you the freedom to choose, but you don't get to choose the consequences of what you do. And sometimes you might wish you could go back and redo it or undo it, but you can't. You see, the challenging aspect of choosing the right path is that the choices are now. You've got to make the choices now. But the outcome is later. The decisions you make today have ramifications down the road later. Sometimes it's months later or maybe even years later before you realize the effect of your choices. So how do we make sure that our steps are heading in the right direction? It may feel right, but how do we know it is right? I want to close with Psalm 119, verse 54, because this is a verse for all of us. Whether you're a prodigal or not, you need Psalm 119, verse 59, rather. Psalm 119, verse 59. Psalm 119, verse 59 says this, I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I want you to read that slowly with me, and I want you to think about what he says. There's two parts to this verse. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. That verse will get you out of the pig pen. We'll talk about that next week, getting out of the pig pen. But that verse right there is a good place to start. I will consider my ways and turn my steps to your statutes. That verse will also keep you out of the pig pen. You may not be there yet, but if you'll 
walk according to that verse, it will save you a lot of heartache. It will save you a lot of embarrassment. It may keep you from those moments where you think, I wish I could redo that. I wish I could undo that. You see, here's what you need to understand. Here's what that verse is teaching us. Read it again if you have it in your Bible or mark it in your Bible. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. Write this down. Choosing the right path begins with submission. Taking the right step begins with submission. Submitting to the one who knows where you're headed. Submitting to the one who knows what's best for you better than you do. You see, our problem, everybody listen to over the Life Center, make sure you get this. Our problem basically is independence. We want to do our own thing in the far country. We're convinced we know the best course. We're convinced we know where happiness can be found. Our problem is independence. That's why this young man had to walk away to a far country. He wanted to get somewhere away from his family, somewhere away from their influence, somewhere where nobody would know him. He, his problem began with independence. The problem is that sometimes it takes our best years, doesn't it? When we seek that independence, sometimes it'll cost us far more than we ever imagined when we consider our, when we kind of initiate our own independence. That's why the psalmist word is so important for you and for me today. He said, I have considered my ways. Thought about where I am and how I got here. I thought about the path that I'm on and where it's headed. I thought about the steps that I have taken and where they have led me. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. That's a word of submission. I've decided to turn my steps to your statutes. That'll, that'll get you out of the pig pen. Or that'll keep you from the pig pen. Would you be willing today just to make that your, your commitment? I'm going to consider my ways. And I'm going to turn my steps according to his statutes. You, you say, Keith, I'm in such a mess, I don't even know where to start. Here's where you start. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm grateful for your mercy and your grace. We all need that. There are times when we all take the wrong steps. There are times when the prodigal in us always thinks we know what's best. There are times when we think we've got to get away from where we are to find true happiness. But may we have that heart of submission that says, Lord, I've made a mess. I am a mess. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. As we turn our hearts to you and our steps to you, we pray, God, you'd help us to turn our lives to you. May we, may we once again walk in your word and in your ways. Not by our strength, but by the strength that you provide. Not by our wisdom, but by the wisdom that you give. And we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen.